517 on a Thursday afternoon, a feel-good Thursday afternoon with Sean Robertson from CBS 6. I'm Bob Black. Thank you for locking in Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN. Super regional time in college baseball, one of the best times of the year, leading to Omaha and the College World Series. Of course, we've got a super regional in our area that is scheduled to begin tomorrow at high noon, and it's an all-ACC battle as the Duke Blue Devils come to Charlottesville to play the Virginia Cavaliers with a berth in the College World Series at stake. Let's get the perspective of the opponent in this case. That would be the Duke Blue Devils. Chris Edwards, their baseball play-by-play voice, joins us this afternoon. I know Duke has just finished up its practice in Charlottesville, so we'll get kind of an eyewitness account of what it's like there today. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How are you? Be great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Good to be with you guys. Absolutely. So we'll start right there, and I hate to do that with kind of getting a weather report, but it has been <laughs> such a prominent topic of conversation. What was it like out there today, Chris? Yeah, a little hazy out there today. You could certainly sense some smoke out there. I mean, I felt it when I walked out of the hotel this morning. I don't think it's going to impact the game time tomorrow. It didn't seem like it was a big concern. Uh, Coach Pollard addressed it in his post-game press conference with some of the local media that was there today. And this is something that this program talks about a lot. They call it fog of war. They train for these types of things where maybe game times get pushed around or you have a weather delay or there's inclement weather, something like that. This is just a hallmark of the program, something they train for. I don't think it's going to impact either one of these teams too much, but we'll wait and see. All right, let's get let's get to the baseball. And this is a this is a fascinating story and I know you've lived with it, but look, this was a Duke team that wasn't very good last year, right? 10 games under yeah. 500 a season ago. Not expected much this year. I think they were picked 6th six, preseason uh in in their division and here they are in the Super Regional. How did this happen? Uh good question. They're picked next to last overall in the ACC. You're right. They won 22 games a year ago and really it was an awful year, kind of in, in all regards, you know, and Coach will admit that he thought that the team didn't really live up to the culture that he had created. I mean, this is a team that was in a Super Regional in 2018, 2019, went away from Omaha both times, and he really set out this off season to change the culture, get back to some of the things, the foundational things that made this program so successful. And a couple of uh, assistant coaches from the program took jobs at other schools. Josh Jordan, who was a longtime recruiting coordinator, is now the recruiting coordinator at LSU, Chris Gordon, who was the pitching coach, is now at Texas, on staff there. And I think a lot of the success goes to the new coaching staff and the energy that they bring. It's a young coaching staff. Ty Blankmeyer, who's now the recruiting coordinator, Eric Tyler, who coaches first base and is the hitting coach. Those guys have brought in just an influx of energy, along with Brady Kirkpatrick, the pitching coach. They don't take themselves too seriously. They'll joke around. Now, obviously, when it's time to get down to business, it's all business, right? But I think those guys have really transformed the culture of this Duke baseball team. And then you've got leaders like Alex Mooney, who's going to be a high draft pick, I think, whether it's this year or next year. It's always a nice thing when one of your leaders is also your best players, and that's Alex Mooney. He's the heart and soul of this team. He'll bat leadoff for the Blue Devils. He's played in every game for Duke this year. It's just a fun group to be around, and I think that's why they've had so much success is because they love being around one another. The the mantra that they've lived by the last couple of weeks is, hey, let's spend one more week together. Let's go out and win so we get another week together. And this team, and I've been around this program for 11 years, this team is the closest team in terms of wanting to be together and going out and hanging out outside of the ballpark that I can ever remember in my 11 years with Duke baseball. 
Hey, Chris, the last month for Duke has been, I guess, up and down since they took two or three from UVA. You had a great April, but then after that uh, series at UVA, you went four and eight, and then you turned it around in the uh, the Conway Regional. What changed from that point? Yeah, Sean, that's a good question. I, I think that part of it was, I mean, look, this is a, a program and a team this year that's really had to rely heavily on its bullpen. It's an unconventional model that Duke has had from a pitching standpoint this year. Some people have called them the uh, the Tampa Bay Blue Devils because they utilize the opener. I saw a stat on Twitter earlier this week. I think Duke's average length of a start by their starting pitcher has been three innings this year. They only have had one pitcher pitch into the sixth inning, and some of that is by design. A lot of that's because of some of the injuries they've had to sustain and overcome this year. So I think the bullpen was just taxed once we got kind of toward May. And I think that some of the pressure got to this team, too. I mean, you go back and look after that April, they went 15-3. and three. People are talking about Duke being the top eight national seed and a chance to host a regional and a super regional on campus. And for a program that's never done that, I think some of the pressure might have got to them there, too. Uh, but they were able to come back after the ACC tournament, and they had a whole week off. There was no baseball from the Friday after they lost to Miami to the last Friday when we opened up in Conway. And I think that week off really benefited this team. It was like a reset in the middle of the season, like having a bye week in mm-hmm. football, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that has really helped this team. Arms are fresh, guys are fresh, and they're going out and playing loose and playing with uh, with no cares in the world because, you know what, like you said, nobody really expected this team to be here, right? They were picked next to last in the ACC, and now they're two wins away from going to Omaha for the first time since 1961. And I guess now you flip it, all the pressures you know, on the team that has a number seven national seed. They're at home. They're expected to get to the College World Series. But yet you are one of the few teams that have gone to uh, Davenport Field and has taken a series from UVA. Can you take anything from that series in April? I think both teams. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry, Sean. I I think both teams can take away something from that series. I mean, it's a little disappointing, right, because now the ACC is going to have one less team Mm -hmm. with a chance to go to Omaha. It's a little disappointing when the SEC could have a few more. I think there are some SEC on SEC matchups this weekend. But – I think both teams can take something from it. I don't know that it favors one side or the other because everybody's familiar with one another. You see, you've already seen each other, what, a month and a half ago? Mm-hmm. So there are no secrets. I think it's just going to come down to which team makes the big pitch, which team gets the big hit, and which team commits the fewest amounts of mistakes over the next two, maybe three days. How about the atmosphere, Chris? I know you played in front of big crowds down there at Conway uh, in the Coastal Carolina games, and all two or three games, whatever it may be, are already sold out in Charlottesville. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, that's the best part about coming to Davenport Field at Dish Room Park. You know you're always going to get a crowd that's into it, a big crowd. They're energetic. They pull for their team. That's going to be so much fun. And I think our guys thrive in those kind of atmospheres. They really embrace this theme of being what they call road dogs, where they go out on the road and they're just – they love to be together, love to be in these big environments. I mean, they had over 5,000 people in Conway – on Monday night, the biggest crowd in that ballpark's history. And it seems like an atmosphere that Duke really thrives in, and hopefully they can keep that going for another couple of days uh, this weekend. Hey, tell us the uh, tell us the story of MJ Metz, who was the uh, most outstanding player in the ACC tournament and is playing hurt, right, playing with a torn ACL, and just, just the path he took wow. to where he is with this Duke team right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Division three transfer from uh, Trinity University, and if you talk to Coach Pollard, and he said this a couple of times during this run, MJ's probably a guy that when they got through with the fall was like, yeah, hey, he's probably not in our lineup. You know, he's a guy that 
uh, didn't really see it all that well in the fall. And that's a big jump to make, right? Going from Division three, seeing that kind of pitching to seeing pitching in the ACC on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, you're facing a first-rounder, it feels like, every weekend in this league. And then MJ kind of got hot, was really great defensively for this team, and really started to turn things around, had a big two-run home run against NC State uh, in the ACC tournament in the bottom of the ninth inning to tie the game, tore his ACL on the celebration because that's such a baseball thing, right? Uh, (laughs) Tore his ACL uh, and then was like, you know what, I I think I'm going to give it a go. Coach Pollard left it up to MJ. You had the, Duke had to turn in their 27-man travel roster at some point last weekend before the Friday game. And Duke waited as long as they possibly could. Coach met with MJ and said, hey, you're a fifth-year guy. You've earned this opportunity. If you want to go out there and give it a go, great, but we're not going to pressure you. It, it's your decision. And MJ said, yeah, I, I think I want to try it. And all he did was come out on Friday and hit three home runs. Uh, was the first Duke player to hit three home runs in a postseason game since 2021. Uh, and then he hit another one. Uh, hit the first run for Duke in the championship game on Monday night, another home run. Like, it's just an incredible story. I mean, you couldn't write a Hollywood script uh, any better than this. I said it on the broadcast the other night. It feels like Kurt Gibson 2.0. Uh, I don't know how many people remember Kurt Gibson. Maybe I'm showing my age a little bit now. <laughs> well, us, we, I was going to say we both do. Yeah, we, you're, you're okay talking to us on that right Okay, there. good. <laughs> Let me. I got two uh, two more questions before, before I guess before we let you go. Number one, has he? What has he said about playing? You know, with this injury, and what was he saying after he had that monster game on Friday, playing with a torn ACL? Yeah, you know, he's kind of been like the viral sensation lately, right? So I've been able to watch all these interviews that he's had. It's really great prep when he everybody else does the prep for you, asking him all these questions. Uh, he said that it doesn't really bother him from a pain standpoint. Like after the initial injury. It's not really the pain. It's kind of the mobility issue, right? Like, I don't think you're going to see him lob a ball to the right center field gap and try to leg out a double. You know, I just don't I don't see that happening. Uh, I think it's more the mobility issue. You're not going to see him go first to third. But, I mean, hey, you hit the ball far like he's done. You don't have to run. You can just <laughs> trot around the bases and, and go back to the dugout. So if you can keep that going on, uh, that, that's fine with all of us in the, in the Dookie dugout. How about that? Here's my here's the question. This is kind of out of the box. I saw the start times. Friday and Saturday both will be at noon. Sunday to be determined, obviously, depending on game three. Does the start time really make a difference? Because I'm assuming for you and for UVA, there have not been a lot of games in which you guys have played a noon first pitch. Is, no, is, I mean there's been a couple there's a couple during the course of the regular season that we've played on a Sunday. Maybe like a team's got a, a commercial flight and you move up the start time mm-hmm. an hour to noon so that you can accommodate them and get the whole ball game in. It's not something you do like on a normal basis, right. but I, I think once you throw a first pitch, it's not really going to matter. Uh, I think, you know, it, it'll be easier on a Saturday. Maybe you're more accustomed to playing like a Saturday, Sunday, noon first pitch. I don't know how many people are used to a Friday afternoon, 12 o'clock mm-hmm. first pitch, but I think these guys on both sides will just show up and be ready to play like. At this point, like you could say, let's go play at 10 o'clock tonight and both teams will go out there and do it because <laughs> all you got to do is two games and get to Omaha, right? I think, yep. you look, I told someone yesterday, someone was complaining about a noon start. I said, hey, listen, how many teams in the country right now would, be, would love to play a noon start mm-hmm. on a Friday? Yep. A lot, you know? So well, we're not going to complain. I, I'll play right now if they want me to. Like, let's just go out and play the games. I'm ready to go. Hey, for TV purposes, I love it. It right. gets it on right before six o'clock. We can have you those got highlights, the highlights on. Absolutely. Yeah. Noon when I sell, like that's perfect. Yeah. But just from a player's it's perspective great. from a player's perspective, you know, it kind of changes the routine, I would think, just just a little bit. Yeah, but it goes back to that fog of war thing we were talking about early, mm-hmm. right? Like like this team was just ready to go play whenever. 
It's a chance to go spend another day together, and that's what they care about is just spending more time together, hopefully playing well, and and go out there and give your best, and we'll see where the chips fall at the end of the day. And i got to believe there's about 5,500 other people who aren't oh, going to yeah. be bothered by a oh, noon yeah. start. <laughs> they're they're going to be there uh, tomorrow. Finish it, finish, so. yeah, finish it up with Chris Edwards, play-by-play voice of, of Duke baseball. So what do you think? To, to beat Virginia this weekend, uh, Coach O'Connor has said, you know, this might be his best offensive team that he's gotten with a guy like Kyle Teal. Uh, certainly leading the way. Uh, they certainly will be able to flex their muscles. What will it take for Duke? Yeah, I mean, I, I told someone the other day, now Wake Forest is obviously really good, mm-hmm. but I think yep. this is one of the toughest lineups, if not the toughest lineup, to pitch to in the entire ACC because there, there's no breaks one through nine in this lineup. You've got like Teal and O'Farrell and Anderson and O'Donnell and Geloff, and it just goes on and on and on, right? I mean, you got everybody feels like they're hitting 350 with like 14 home runs, you know? Um, I, I think the biggest thing for Duke is just not to make any mistakes I and mean, not to give Virginia free outs. That, that's the biggest thing for me offensively is, or from a pitching standpoint is you can't give this team extra opportunities. Don't walk a lot of guys. Don't make a ton of errors. If they can play a pretty clean game in that regard, I think they'll give themselves a chance. And obviously getting out to a good start is important too because you don't want to have to face the back end of that bullpen that's been really good this year too uh, because that seems really short in the game. If you can find a way to, to get to the starters and get to some of those middle relief guys, I think that probably helps the Blue Devils. But both teams at this point, like, everybody's good. I mean, this is a winner's tournament, and you wouldn't be one of the best 16 teams in the country if you weren't a good team. So you got it's probably the same for everybody. Limit mistakes and see which team gets the big hit and the big timely hit over the course of the weekend. Can hear it in your voice, Chris, but you say you've been doing this for more than a decade now. I mean, how much fun is this? You've been fortunate enough to do some of these super regionals, but, you know, to be somewhere nice and the weather's good, hopefully the weather's good, and you're there for at least a couple days because it's not one and done. Um, I I try to translate this to to people all the time, just what a great experience the college baseball tournament uh, is during the course of the year. It absolutely is, Bob. I mean, and, and you don't know how many of these chances you're going to get, right? I mean, I've been fortunate. This is my third Super Regional. We've come up short a couple of times. Uh, the last time we got to one of these was 2019, and some guy named Kumar, who would no hitter against us, mm-hmm. I still have a little bit of, uh, of PTSD uh, from that night in Nashville. <laughs> but, man, th- these are so much fun, and it's just so much fun to be part of it. And I feel really fortunate and just really thankful to be able to be the one that describes it for the people back in Durham. I and mean, that's not something that's lost on me, like, how cool is this for, for, for a kid that grew up loving baseball and got to watch the Braves on TBS every night. And because of Pete and Skip and Don and Joe, like those, that's the reason like I wanted to be a broadcaster. And it's just cool to be able to live out a childhood dream, getting to go to the ballpark and hopefully just grab a couple games that uh, send this team to Omaha for the first time since 1961. That'd be awesome. Uh, that Braves analogy reminds me of another kid I know, by the way. But anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's I know a, that kid. And, 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 okay and you know, golfer. we need to work on a short game a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't get that from his dad, I can tell you that. So, so you're on your own to help him on that one. But I said at the beginning of our conversation, Chris, let's get the perspective of the opponent. You know, there's a part of me that Duke is not the opponent in this situation so let's, that's exactly right, right yeah right. I, I, I know the uh, the reason why yeah. he's a pretty good seller right right oh i appreciate that uh chris thank you so much have a great weekend there in charlottesville and we'll be keeping an eye and an ear on things with the duke blue devils all right, guys. Thanks for having thanks, me on. Chris. Talk to you soon. Thanks, right. Chris. Chris Edwards, uh, Duke play-by-play. It is so much fun. Uh, like he said, he's fortunate. This is third Super Regional. I got a chance to do one um, when Richmond played at Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20 years ago now. Wow. Yeah, uh, it was, was tremendous. It was one of my – people say, you know, all the years I've been doing – all of this, you know, what are your what are your highlights? 
And it, it really is kind of hard for me to differentiate between that super regional winning a national championship in football, the two Sweet Sixteens in basketball. But the baseball is right really? up there. Yes, wow. uh, it was. Tremendous. Take it to a game three. They were tied in the eighth inning. I mean, there's oh, wow. Richmond six outs away from going to Omaha. You know, bullpen, you know, ran out of arms eventually mm-hmm. and lost that one. But it was a great experience. I've always great said, like, experience. baseball is one of those sports that it's it's built to do, it's built for radio. Because Absolutely. Because you do have that downtime. Charles you, Barkley be yes, damned on that yes. one, by the way. Because you have that downtime, you can kind of weave some storylines in along with, you know, doing the play-by-play. And you can kind of, you know, you don't have to be like instant. You know, you kind of like if it's, you know, if, if the guy in the outfield catches it, you can still kind of explain the play to the fan even after the play mm-hmm. has, uh, you know, has taken place. So it's, I, I, the time I got to be with the Braves, the Richmond Braves, for yeah. a couple seasons, yeah. and then when I was at Virginia State, you kind of, you know, you it's one of those groups where, you can kind of build a family type environment. You get to see him every day. You kind of shoot the breeze a little bit, things of that nature. So I, I kind of get where you know that fraternity and sorority because there's some women play by play announcers Absolutely. now in baseball where you can kind of say, hey, you know, I could kind of see why play by play announcers may say baseball is that sport that you it's it is built for radio and the college baseball tournament. By the way, that it's structured is even better because there's not the pressure. Of you're only going to be there for one game. Well, you get the NCAA basketball tournament. There's, pre- I mean, you're. You, oh yes. Uh, there was a, you know, Richmond in 1990 played Duke on Thursday at noon in the first round, and it was like 20 to four by the first media timeout, and we were we were gone before most of the teams even showed up. Exactly. You know, it's still a great experience, but you know, you're gone. Whereas in the baseball tournament, you know, you're there for at least two days. Mm-hmm. You're normally in nice weather places, mm-hmm. probably an upgrade in the ballparks than what you've been used to during mm-hmm. the year, mm-hmm. and the, it's just really. Really a lot of fun. So I hope Chris has a good time with it. And they lay it out. I mean, it's it's some, some nice spreads. You get to enjoy yourself. A <laughs> there little you bit. go. Back to the, there you go, AJ. Back to our food segment. <laughs> I mean, they are. I know. They, they, they lay out really the red. Fit in. They really... lay out the red carpet for you for these super regionals. So I mean, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Chris Edwards, voice of the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Uh, they play in Charlottesville starting at noon tomorrow with Game One of the Super Regional against the Virginia Cavaliers. Break time on the Sports Out on one hundred six one ESPN. 